you cannot make any assessment on an ad if it's been successful or not until you, you know, you've gotten in front of a couple thousand people. So, you know, I would say like, have a testing budget in mind where you know that, hey, I'm not going to make any changes. I'm not going to really play with this too much until I've gotten in front of, I'd say, you know, 2,500 people, because that'll give you a good idea of potentially some click-through rates, looking at, hey, I've gotten in front of people to see if they're actually going to be doing what I want them to do, whether it's making a purchase, opt-in, or whatever. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Brands at Book Show, where we help creative, service-based businesses build their brands and find more clients. I'm your host, Davey Jones. In today's episode, we are chatting about different audiences that you can create and target when advertising on Facebook. And one of my till agency partners, Jesse Morkecho, is here to explore this topic with me. In this conversation, we chat about five different audience or targeting possibilities that you can get started on on the Facebook platform. We cover how to create those audiences within Facebook, considerations when targeting each of those audiences, and where we would recommend starting if you have a limited experience with Facebook advertising. Something that we should have mentioned at the beginning of the episode is the importance of testing. We've seen certain audiences work really well in one account and not at all in another. As with many things, it will likely take a little effort to start seeing consistent results. While we certainly believe that Facebook advertising can produce great results, it's not our intention to make it out to be some sort of magical platform that produces massive results without any effort. Be sure to check out the show notes at davyandchrista.com for the resources we mentioned during the episode. And I want to hear from you. Let me know what kind of content that you'd like to see on the Brandset Book Podcast as we move forward. To leave your feedback, head on over to Davy and Krista Facebook page and send us a message. You can also DM us on Instagram at Davy and Krista. And that's actually how we got the idea um, of this topic for this episode is somebody sent us a message about targeting on Facebook. And if you're interested in paid advertising, check out the Till Agency over at Till, T-I-L-L dot agency. Now, on to the episode. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Brands That Book Show. I've got one of my Till partners here, Jesse Marchecho, and we are chatting Facebook audiences today. So just to give you a little background on how this came up, we put it out there. We ask people all the time for what kind of topics they want us to cover. And somebody mentioned Facebook ads, I think in particular, because they'd mentioned that our ads keep on showing up in their feed and they want to know, (laughs) they want to know what kind of targeting we're doing. So Jesse, excited to have you back on the podcast. Yeah, excited to be here and chat Facebook audiences because that's a question that we get all the time too. So I'm sure that I hope that's going to be helpful for a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. And so just at the outset here, setting some goals for our conversation and Jesse and I had this conversation a little bit before we turn the recording on. We want to get into some stuff for sure. We also want to keep it 
simple enough that you can turn this podcast off and implement some of the things you've learned right away. So we're not going to try to go down the rabbit hole too much, but if you get back to us with questions and just follow-up comments on the show notes or through Instagram DMs, we will be sure to record as many episodes as we need to on Facebook ads and Facebook targeting and all that. And actually, we have something fun to announce. We'll be starting a podcast for the Till Agency. So we have a name. I won't share that yet. We don't have have a release date. I would say, what do you think? Next quarter, six months, maybe? Yeah, I'd say something like that. I'd say don't hold your breath for like something in the very near future. But you know, I'd say before the end of the year, for sure, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. We're also getting ready to post a few jobs as well. So that might be worth mentioning too. So you can head over to till.agency to check that out. I'm not sure They're not live on our website yet, but they will be. And then we'll also be sharing across social media when they are live. But we're looking for a few people to fill a few different roles. So if you're interested in paid advertising, marketing in general, let us know. Cool. Well, let's dive into Facebook audiences. We're going to focus on five different audiences here. There's certainly overlap between some of these audiences, but I think that the best way maybe to break it down for people, Jesse, is to start with our warm audiences and then move to cold audiences. So can you just talk real quick about maybe the difference between a warm and cold audience? Yeah, for sure. So I think that a lot of people want to define, you know, like a cold audience is these people and there's this hard line between what's warm and what's cold. I think that it's more of a spectrum. You know, we look at people that are going to be really hot leads. They're like, you know, they open all your emails, they like and comment on all your Instagram posts, you know, they're customers of yours, you know, for multiple times, multiple purchases. And then we have on the other side, people that have never heard of you before. And in the middle of that, you have people that have come across your brand one time, two times, maybe they've met you in person, maybe they've come by your store or they've bought something from you, you know, a long time ago. And it's something that's very fluid. So you have people that were once really hot that, you know, get colder and colder and colder that we try to warm back up. And so with that said, from a Facebook perspective, you know, when we're talking warm audiences, it's, you know, the loose definition we like to use, it's people that have been exposed to your brand before and they have heard of your brand. It's not something where they see an ad, they're like, oh, I've never seen this before. It's people that are at least have been exposed to your business name, your product, potentially you as a person, you know, some way, in some manner, they are familiar with you know, your products or your business, your brand as a whole. Then the cold audience is just the opposite of that. People that are not familiar with you or your brand, never heard of you before, that would probably be the the coldest. But again, that's something that's going to be pretty fluid and gradual across that entire range. But from a Facebook perspective, you know, we're going to have audiences that were essentially retargeting people that have been a part of your business in one way or another in the past. Yeah, absolutely. So as Jesse said, I think one of the biggest takeaways there is that it is a spectrum, right? So there's going to be people who are warmer leads and then those who, of course, are, you know, or people in audiences that are super cold who have never heard of you before. So even somebody who just signed up to your email list, right, may have previously never heard of you before. So even though they're on your email list, they just signed up, they're still pretty cold in a lot of ways. So we're going to dig into those audiences. One thing that we absolutely have to talk about, though, before we even talk about this very first warm audience is how we're going to 
create these audiences. So again, we'll try not to get into the weeds, you know, of the technical aspect of things, but it's worth talking about the Facebook pixel. And I think anytime you talk about tracking codes and pixels, some people get immediately overwhelmed, but I think maybe the best way to describe the pixel is just a, a script or a piece of code that you put in your website. And it's actually for most website builders out there. And Jesse, I don't know if you would agree with this, but I think most website builders have now made it pretty easy to you know, inject the pixel, show it. I know it's really easy. Squarespace has, a, I think, a pretty tight integration with Facebook. Wix, I'm not so sure. WordPress, there's a one of a million plugins you could use to do it. And if you didn't want to use a plugin, it's pretty easy to add that to the you know header of your theme. So anything else we should mention about the pixel? No, I think the, really the only other thing is that when you start using your Pixel, it's something that I should say, whether or not you plan on using Facebook ads now or potentially in the future, um, it's a good idea to get that Pixel installed as soon as possible because that's going to be collecting data and help all these warm audiences that we're talking about be much more effective right out of the gate than if we just you know wait until we actually get the ad running. Yeah, for sure. And I think something else that's worth mentioning, if you were working with an agency on Facebook ads, you should always have them use your pixel, right? So we've run into a couple situations where past clients have worked with other agencies and those agencies haven't used their pixel or they somehow lost access to the pixel that the agency was using. And so all of that data, we're just starting from scratch. So something to keep in mind too, if you can set that up on your own, I think that's always best case scenario. We always tell people as well to set up a business manager account. So if you go to business.facebook.com, it's pretty intuitive to set up. Jesse, I don't know if you have any other details about setting that up, but it connects to your regular Facebook profile. So it can see, you know, you can add whatever pages that you already have access to that, you know, out of the gate. Yeah. It should be pretty easy. Yeah. So I think that's all we have to say about sort of the technical aspect of the Pixel. But installing the Pixel is going to allow you to start gathering data on the people who are visiting your website. So let's talk about probably one of the warmest audiences that you can target, and that's your email list. So Jesse, maybe at first walk us through how we would set up that audience to begin with. For sure. So it's relatively easy to do. If you have an email list, most email providers uh, will allow you to export your list into a, you know, a .csv file. Once you have that file, you simply go to your Facebook you know, ads manager or business manager and you click on that hamburger icon menu in the top left. You go to, you know, go to audiences and then you'll be able to have an option where you can create new audiences and you have, I think, three options. One is a customer list, one's a saved audience, and one is a lookalike audience. You're going to select a custom audience and then you'll get a, a big long you know, list of other things and you're going to select a customer list. And you'll just upload that list to Facebook, that email list to Facebook. And what Facebook will do is it'll go out and match those emails to Facebook profiles. And then it'll spit out an audience that you can use to target people. So that's going to try to be able to just target people that you're already emailing on a different platform. Yeah. And so why do we consider an email list to be one of the warmest audiences? Yeah. So primarily one, because, you know, your email list is typically going to be people that have taken an action, whether it's purchase a product from you or opt into your list. And hopefully if it's something that you've been 
keeping up and making sure you have your list at a healthy, uh, you know, open rate, click through rates. It's not something where you, you know, email once every six months or a year or something <laughs> like that, then that might not be the warmest list. But if it's something where you're emailing them on a regular basis, you know, at least I'd say like weekly, biweekly, something like that, you know, those people are going to be pretty exposed to you and your brand, even if they're not necessarily opening all those emails. So if they're seeing your name come into their inbox, it's still exposure. And so uh, it's, it's one of those things where you're not having to necessarily pay for that like you would for you know other paid advertising like Facebook or Google any sort of other ads that you may see out there and so given that we are able to take all of that exposure that you're getting on a weekly basis and you know put that on a different platform in a different way and just seeing your name is going to catch their eye seeing your brand seeing your, your ad is going to catch their eye and that's why it's one of the most effective warm audiences and one of the best ways to be able to target you know your audience in just a different way in a different platform yeah, absolutely. I think it's a great fallback because like you said, even with the email list, and I know we collecting emails is kind of the gold standard as far as like leads go outside of maybe collecting a phone number. A lot of people, at least in the industries that we're working in, aren't following up with phone calls. So email is kind of the way that they're nurturing leads. But besides phone numbers, even email though deals with an algorithm, right? We just can't get rid of algorithms. So on Instagram, for instance, we always complain that not everybody sees our posts. You know, so even if somebody likes our page on Facebook, only a small percentage of people will see our post to Facebook. Something is true of email as well. So email service providers like Google trying to figure out, okay, what messages are promotions, for instance, and that's why some of your messages go to your promotions tab, or some of your messages go to spam because there's certain indicators that they use to decide this looks like a spam email. So you're always battling with some sort of algorithm, but at the very least with this, you can take this email list, upload it to Facebook, target those people on a different platform. So even if they've gone cold on your email list for whatever reason, maybe you're unfortunately ending up in the spam mailbox, even if you're not spam, then you can target them on another platform. So I think it makes it an extremely effective audience to target. So Email list is where we're going to start. We're going to come back to emails in a minute because there's some other maybe more advanced things that we can do with that email list. But the next level of warm traffic that you can target would be your website visitors. So we just talked a little bit about the pixel, but Jesse, can you uh, talk us through how we can create a website traffic audience? For sure. So uh, it's very similar to how you create your email list. When you go to create a custom audience, you'll have the opportunity to get to your audience. Instead of it being a customer list, we could use a website traffic as the base or the source for that audience. When you click on that, it'll give you a bunch of options. You can create, you know, the audience based on people that have visited certain pages on your website, you know, uh, over the, you know, a certain period of time. If you're just creating your first audience, I'd recommend just doing all website traffic across, you know, the max time. So that's usually going to be 180. 80 days. So was that six months? So creating that 160, 180 day audience of anyone who's ever visited your site or any website, any page on your site is going to give you the biggest audience. Now, if you have a, a massive site that gets a lot of traffic, you may want to, you know, segment that a little bit based on people that, you know, visit your blog versus like visit your shop or something like that. But in general, typically just getting started with that first all website traffic over the last six months is usually a pretty good place to start. And just like that, you click save audience and Facebook's going to gather up all those people and it allows you to target those people, retarget those people at least. Yeah. And occasionally, especially if you're just getting started out, maybe you have a new business, that audience might be too small 
at first to target. So, and the same goes for your email list as well, especially with all the privacy concerns that Facebook's been dealing with. I would say at least in the last, what, year, two years or two so, years, yeah. you know, it, it's getting a little bit harder, I would say, maybe to get detailed with your targeting. And so, especially when you're targeting small groups of people, Facebook is going to push back quite a bit on whether or not you're going to be able to target the audience. But that, I think by using the max amount of days, like Jesse had suggested, using that 180 day window, it'll make it more likely that you'll be able to target those people if you're just getting started. So let's keep moving. Let's talk about the next sort of warm audience that you can consider targeting, and that's your social engagement. So walk us through that. Yeah. So if you have a business page or a business profile on Instagram, now it's important to distinguish between a business Facebook page and a content creator. I'm sorry, Instagram page or Instagram profile. If you do not have a business Instagram profile, you cannot create an audience based on social engagement on Instagram. Can I interrupt to one second just to ask you sort of a question? It's a little off topic, but I think it's going to help people navigate this issue here because a lot of people have not moved, a lot of businesses have not switched their Instagram profiles to be a business profile because they believe that engagement gets harder when that happens. Do you have any thoughts Mm -hmm. on that? Yeah, so I've personally done a couple tests and I've helped a couple people kind of navigate what that looks like and, you know, looking at their numbers pre versus post. And I think that initially it's pretty proven that you're going to see a little bit of a drop of engagement initially. And I think that that has to do with the fact that when you switch profiles, my guess is that some sort of algorithm gets reset and you're kind of essentially starting from scratch, or at least it resets something so it's relearning some things. Then after you continue to post after a couple, you know, a couple weeks or something like that, I've seen that engagement gets back to pretty close at least to where it was before. I think that it's a good trade-off for what you get in return, all the stats that you get, you know, and the exact same thing happened with Facebook where Facebook pages used to be, you know, free, you get a ton of engagement on it. Then they switch it over to, Hey, with your page, your organic reach goes down to a max of 2%. And if you want to get in front of more people, you have to pay for it. And, you know, we saw the exact same thing happen with Instagram. And my guess is they're going to start forcing more, you know, businesses to become business profiles in the future. But, you know, I don't think that it's something that's worth holding out unless you have a really good reason, you know, that I'm not aware of. Yeah. And maybe it's just that you have no interest in paid advertising at all. But I think that if you are interested in any sort of paid advertising, certainly advertising on the Facebook platform, which includes Instagram, that you should really consider switching. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, because this audience is, you know, one of our go-to audiences for any of our clients that have, you know, any sort of following, I mean, I'm talking just like a thousand or 2000 people, this audience can be a really good audience because it's going to be a very warm, engaged audience just by definition, because how it works is Facebook takes all the people that have engaged with your Instagram profile or your Facebook profile. Um, I guess is going to be the majority of you listening are going to be interested in that Instagram engagement audience. And so they take all of those people and it allows you to get more content in front of them, different offers in front of them. It allows you to create an audience of people that are like honestly really engaged with your business because the, to get on that audience, they had to engage with your profile. 
Yeah. And so I would say that definitely worth making the switch if you're interested in doing any sort of advertising. I think you also get better metrics too, like sort of a metrics dashboard when you do end up switching to, you know, or your Instagram personal profile to a business profile. So that's worth exploring as well. I want to talk about these three audiences we just covered, all right, which we consider sort of our warmer audiences. And that's our email list, our website traffic, and our social engagement. And kind of the sorts of things that maybe we should expect from targeting those audiences or these sorts of campaigns that we like to run, right? So for warm audiences, it's a great audience, right, to retarget, all right, with an offer because they're probably familiar with that offer. So if you're doing a big launch and you're sending emails out about it, it's great to retarget that email list, for instance, with ads. And you can do that by, you know, doing the things that we had mentioned, such as uploading your email list to the Facebook platform. So it's a great opportunity to get offers back in front of people who are already engaged. Anything else that people should expect from targeting warm audiences? Yeah, I think that one thing to keep in mind with warm audiences, depending on the size of your audiences or the organic reach that you have with whether it's content via SEO, you know, Instagram or Facebook, these audiences are going to be limited by how many people are actually, you know, engaged in your business. So depending on how long you've been in business or how big your, your organic audiences are, these may be relatively limited and they're not going to be all that scalable if you're not, you don't have a big audience to, to to retarget. So that is something to keep in mind just in that you probably can't get by with just warm audiences because one of the, you know, one of the benefits of Facebook ads, one of the biggest strengths that it has is its scalability to be able to go out there and get new customers instead of just relying on current customers. But it doesn't mean we can't use these to grow our business um, as well. Yeah, absolutely. I would say that if you've never done any advertising before, that you might see better results right out the gate, you know, especially as you target these warm audiences, but don't, especially if you're not doing any sort of lead generation to cold audiences. And we're going to start talking about cold audiences here in a second. So we'll get to that. But if you're not trying to expand your audiences at all, like Jesse said, don't be surprised if those results plateau a little bit if you're only focused on those warm audiences. So you can definitely get good results from them, but it's an audience that you're always trying to create, right? We're always trying to get more people to engage with us on social and then maybe go to our website and visit our website and then hopefully continue to go up that ladder and sign up for our email list and then ultimately, of course, purchase. So I want to transition here. We're going to talk about two more audiences that we would consider cold audiences. So again, just to cover or just to kind of reiterate, cold audiences are audiences that are just not familiar with our brand or not as familiar with our brand. So the first one that I wanted to chat about are lookalike audiences. So Jesse, tell us what a lookalike audience is. Yeah. So a lookalike audiences are effectively where Facebook takes an audience like your, you know, like any one of the, the audiences that we already mentioned, whether it's a, a customer list, a social engagement list, or your email list, they take those audiences as a base and they go out and create essentially a profile of all the people on those lists. And they go out and find, you know, at the top 1% of a certain demographic that, or I'm sorry, a certain location that is most like those people that are already on your warm audience. So for example, if you're using an email list audience and you want to go, I want, or this audience is doing really well and you want to say, oh, I think I want more of those kinds of people, then you create a lookalike audience where Facebook is going to go out and find a lot more people, usually right around, you know, if you're targeting the United States, for example, right around 2.2 million people that are most like your people that are already on your email list. And if you think about that for a second, 
and how accurate Facebook can be with those, it is incredible how much information that they have about us that they can do that so accurately. And yeah, I and I would say, say oh, God. it is very accurate. <laughs> yeah, and what's crazy, I think that it's so accurate that people will claim that you know Facebook are, is listening to us, right? And they very well might be. I know that they've publicly denied that they're like listening to your conversations and then serving you ads that are relevant to those conversations. I think it's more than likely that Facebook just has so much data about us because remember, Facebook is, everybody signed into their Facebook profile, right? And so as we visit different sites, most sites being pixeled, Facebook is collecting data across, you know, how we behave across the web. And so Mm -hmm. I think it, you know, all of a sudden when we've been talking to a friend about a product and we feel like we haven't brought it up anywhere else, and then we see an ad for that product, it's likely that Facebook just has so much data about us that they're able to serve that ad in a timely manner. I wouldn't discount that they're listening to us. I've done some, <laughs> I know. I've done some pretty <laughs> extensive testing on that. And I, I would be, their algorithm would need to be like near, you know, omniscient for them to be able to do some of that. <laughs> All right. So maybe they're listening. But I think the point stands is that they have uh, even, and especially if they're listening, uh, just an incredible amount of data on okay. us. Yeah, exactly. I mean, just nuts. So we have these lookalike audiences. And as Jesse said, we can create lookalike audiences based on any audience that we have already created in Facebook, right? So we can take our email list. And actually, when you're creating your email list at the end of that process, when you're uploading your email list to Facebook, Facebook will ask you if you want to create a lookalike based on that audience. So then you can go ahead and do that. If you're just getting started, I would say, like, this is the first time you've ever done it. Just do a 1% lookalike. Would you agree? Yeah, 1% lookalikes are great. They're going to have different percentages like oh I want to target oh you know 1 to uh, I think 5 or 6%. Just go with the smallest number that's available to you unless, you know, because that's going to be a 2.2 million person audience if you're targeting the entire United States and that's typically going to be way more people than you're going to blow through unless you're spending a lot of money. Uh, I'm talking thousands of dollars every day. Yeah, and I think that's a really good spot to start. And you know, as you get more comfortable with business manager and ads manager, jumping in and testing maybe different percentages is the way to go. But and this you can is do that. probably oh. yeah. Sorry, this is probably the the first audience you should try for you know if you have a good base audience that you can use to create a lookalike audience off of. This is a great place to start. Really trying to target cold audiences, people you know that haven't heard of your business before. Yeah, absolutely. And especially if you have a customer list, you know, like people who have actually purchased something from you. So even beyond, you know, that would be generally of higher quality even than an email list. Although we have, I've certainly in different tests, you know, sometimes my email list audiences outperform, you know, my customer list audiences. And we'll talk a yeah. little bit about that as well. So don't want to get in the weeds of that, but back to lookalike audiences, you can create them based on your customer list, based on your email list. You can create it based on website traffic. So any of those audiences that we talked about, you can create lookalike audiences, you know, off of those, those audiences. Anything else that we should mention about lookalike audiences that we haven't already? Maybe talk LTV a little bit? Yeah, for sure. So there's another kind of lookalike audience, or I should say another like add-on that you can use when you upload any sort of customer list, for example. When you upload your customer list, it'll give you an option to also include an LTV file uh, or an LTV column, column in that yeah. file. So you have like email, name, phone number, and you can, you know, submit as much or as little information as you want, as long as there's an email on there. Uh, You may be able to just upload phone numbers too, I forget, but you need like at least one of those columns. You can also add 
LTV, which is the lifetime customer value, how much money they've spent with your business. So if they've made three purchases at $30 a piece, their LTV would be $90. And what Facebook does is they take that information and give more weight to the people that have spent more money with you, assuming that they're repeat customers or they've just bought, you know, your highest products or your most expensive products. And because typically those are the customers that we want to go after more and more. And so they do a lot of the heavy lifting for us and use, you know, that data to find more of those people that are willing to spend more money than you. And they also, I'm sure, looking at the difference between, okay, who are the people that are spending less money? Who are the people that are spending more money? And then putting more weight in the people that obviously spend more money. Yeah. And absolutely. I think the, first of all, if you're confused by this, then just back up, you know, forget we mentioned it. You can just start <laughs> with lookalike audiences, right? But for those of you who have customer lists, uploading the LTV is going to help Facebook refine its targeting. Also, whenever you're targeting people, kind of the gold standard of a cold audience, I think, is people that have completed whatever conversion you're looking for, right? So if you're trying to get more people to sign up for your email list, creating a lookalike audience based on your email list makes sense. If you're trying to get more people to purchase your product, targeting people who look similar to the people who purchased your product makes sense. So LTV you know, certainly helps, especially when you're running purchase campaigns. Definitely. So I guess I have one more thing to say about that, but I think we should jump into detailed targeting. And then just yeah. talk about you know where we should start with audiences. So we have one more sort of cold audience to talk about. It almost to a certain extent doesn't belong in the cold audience camp because you can use detailed targeting to refine any sort of your other audiences, right? Mm-hmm. So detailed targeting is like targeting people based on interests, for instance. What are some of the other things that you can do with detailed targeting? Yeah, so there are some interests that you can target. So like, th- you know, pages they like on Facebook, brands that they like, brands that they've clicked on. And, you know, a lot of big brands are going to be able to be targeted or a lot of big, you know, uh, interests are going to be able to be targeted. But you can also target certain demographics like, hey, are they a parent of kids ages zero to two? Are they, you know, recently engaged? Are they, you know, recently married? Um, you know, they have a lot of different life events that you can also target. There are used to be, I think, income levels that you could target. They've been taking away and, and adding, you know, things over the last couple of months. So some of the things that I mentioned may or may not still be there, but they have, you know, there's other ways to do it. You can target people that, you know, are an admin of a business page or the creator of a business page. Um, there are a lot of different ways that you can make sure that you're getting in front of the right people. For example, if you target, you know, only businesses, if you're business to business, you can make sure that you're getting in front of the right people by making sure that they're at least, you know, an admin of a Facebook page. If that's the case, you're weeding out a lot of people who may definitely not be business owners because they're not an admin of a business page, for example. Yeah. And so for detailed targeting, I think one mistake that people typically make when they're first getting started is they just rely on only detailed targeting. And That's oftentimes, true. and they don't maybe choose even in detailed targeting an audience that's going to be big enough. So we talked about this issue just with website traffic, for instance, like if you're just getting started, obviously there might not have been enough people to go to your website for you to target those people or to create any sort of lookalike off of those people. But sometimes we get into detailed targeting and we're like, well, you know, I think our ideal customer is interested in these three things. And so we target these three things and the audience ends up being, you know, 10,000 people, let's say. And again, similar to what we said about warm audiences, it's going to be pretty easy to kind of blow through targeting that audience. So if possible, I think that detailed targeting is something that we usually use to refine other bigger audiences. Would you say that's fair? 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, there is a time and a place where you can use detailed targeting on its own because you can, you're also using demographics, you know, location, age, uh, stuff like that. But, you know, it depends on your industry. You may find that there are a ton of different, you know, potentially your competitors that you can target. If that's the case, like that could be a great audience for you to target potentially colder audiences to get in front of some of those people. So it just depends on what's available to you and in your business and your industry. But if it's not something, you know, you're finding things that are like, feel like it's a perfect match for you, then yes, it's usually something that you use to narrow in on your audience. Once you kind of have a base where there's a like audience or you know custom audience like the pixel or a website traffic email list or customer list stuff like that so to recap the audiences that we've talked about and then i want to talk about and i think this is a good conversation to to have based on detail targeting getting into getting super detailed with your targeting versus keeping it wide open and kind of letting facebook do its thing but before we do that just recapping the audiences we've talked about warm to cold here we have our email list typically a much warmer audience i would say you could if you have a customer list, that would be even warmer than your email list, of course. So customer list, email list, kind of putting that in the same category, your website traffic, social engagement, then you have your lookalikes, which all of those audience we just mentioned, you can create lookalikes based off of. And then we just talked about detailed targeting. So lots of different places to start. One question I want to talk about getting super detailed in targeting versus, you know, keeping it wide open and letting the Facebook algorithm work, kind of your thoughts on that. And then something else I want to talk about is, you know, for people who are listening who may not have a lot of experience with Facebook or have tried it before and have gotten overwhelmed, where they should even start. Like what audiences do you suggest starting with? What campaigns do you suggest running? So I want to get there as well. But first, going back to these look like audiences where you have an audience of 2.2 million people potentially or, or more than that. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a massive audience, right? I mean, and to a certain extent, it is a massive audience. It's a lot of people. And I think in the past, both of us have had the same approach where we try to, maybe we try to zero in on that targeting a little bit more. Yeah. Lately though, what have you been finding? Yeah, for sure. So to kind of, you know, speak to that, I've gone through, you know, audiences where I am like, because you can layer these audiences as well. You can say, oh, they have to be between these ages, you know, be, you know, male or female, plus they have to like anthropology and they have to also be business owners and they, you know, so like we just keep narrowing and narrowing and narrowing and narrowing until the audience gets to be like a thousand people. Whereas when we do that, we really kind of handcuff Facebook's algorithm, which has all of this data. And we say, hey, we're going to do all the research ourselves. Let's forget your data and let's just try to get as narrow and as possible as we can. Now, when we do that, we are going to be really targeted, but we're only going to be getting in front of a thousand people. And when you think about conversion rates, you know, a good ad may have a 2% click through rate of a thousand people. What is that? 20 people? You know, and so like, Okay, so you get 20 people and then of that, you know, conversion rate, you know, you just lose more and more people as they go down, you know, click for click. And so we're really so we may get like one customer out of getting in front of all of those people and then we're just recycling that. So it's not a very scalable method to do if we get that detailed. Whereas when we open it up a little bit more, you know, even a 2.2 million dollar 2.2 person audience, that is a massive audience, but we let Facebook's algorithm do its thing. They're going to be testing different subsets of that audience. And you're going to start seeing, you know, again, it may take a little bit more time for that ad to be successful Like give it a couple of days, give it maybe a week, depending on how much you're spending. And you'll start to see that 
it's going to start picking up steam. Your costs start to drop. You start seeing better and better results as it goes because Facebook's using all that data to create a smarter ad as it goes. So in my experience, and especially recently, we try to give Facebook, you know, I don't want to say unlimited power <laughs> on what they can go and target and just say, yeah, you oh, don't target do the entire world because they will spend all your money. But I will say, you know, start with a lookalike audience. Um, let Facebook do its thing on that that 2.2 million person audience. If you feel like that's just too big, you know, or if you, you're a local service area business, definitely narrow that in to your specific area. And Facebook will go in and find, you know, the most likely people within that area that are going to take the action that you want them to take. So with all that in mind, you know, to kind of simplify it as much, give Facebook significantly more room than you may be comfortable with at first. Let Facebook's algorithm do its thing. They have a ton of data. This is literally how Facebook makes money. And they make a lot of it because it can be really, really effective. So use all the tools, use the research that they have there instead of trying to narrow in on it so much because in the beginning, it may help you be more successful right out of the gate if you narrow in that much. But if you want to do this long term, you're going to have to give Facebook some room. Yeah, and I think that's great advice. There's a couple little things in there that I want to reiterate. And I think the example you used was pretty extreme too, taking it from 2.2 million to 1,000. I would say yeah. even narrowing it down into the hundreds of thousands, maybe let Facebook work with that 2.2 million audience first, or maybe limit it in a little bit, but not much. So we like to keep our audiences a little bit open, I would say, at least out of the gate. And the only exception to that is obviously if you're like a local service area business, like you don't want to be targeting the entire United States if you have no possibility of working with people on the other side of the country. So definitely use demographics and, and location to narrow that in if you're a local service area business. Yeah, 100%. And that's another thing I wanted to bring up because we have been talking as if, you know, we're only speaking to people who have these big nationwide or international products. But this can also work for you if you are in a specific area as well. So that was one thing that I wanted to mention. Something else that you brought up that I it slipped my mind. You were talking about... Oh, results. That's what I wanted to mention was you talked about giving the the algorithm some time to work. I think that's another common mistake I hear people make is they try Facebook for a day, nothing apparently happens and they throw up their hands in there and they're like, I'm done with this. It's not working for me. So I think real quick, again, not to get into the weeds here, but talking budget and how long we should give the algorithm to kind of work. I would say that giving it three days or so is probably a good time period to give the algorithm work before you jump in and make any mistakes and then budget as well. You know, I think what we see with really low budgets, certain anything from like maybe $10 a day to lower, you're going to see a more of a fluctuation in results as opposed to just putting something like, you know, I would say even $25 or $30 and greater into it a day, you might see results more quickly or at least get an understanding more quickly about what's working. Would you say that's a fair assessment? Definitely. You know, I tell people you cannot make any assessment on an ad if it's been successful or not until you, you know, you've gotten in front of a couple thousand people, you know, which is going to cost you anywhere from, I'd say, 20 to $50, depending on how competitive your market is. So, you know, I would say like have a testing budget in mind where know that, hey, I'm not going to make any changes. I'm not going to really play with this too much until I've gotten in front of, I'd say, you know, 2,500 people, because that'll give you a good idea of potentially some click-through rates, looking at, hey, I'm getting in front of people to see if they're actually going to be doing what I want them to do, whether it's making a purchase, opt-in or whatever. 
Yeah, absolutely. And maybe we should have started off the conversation uh, with this. And I like to start it off with this whenever I'm talking about Facebook is that it's not a silver bullet. You know, it's not some sort of magical platform where you're going to put it in a dollar and it's going to just spit out dollars, right? I mean, it's certainly the reason that so many people use it is because it can be super effective, but a lot of testing uh, typically goes into it and just maintenance going forward as well. So something that's worth mentioning, I do want to wrap up the conversation though, for people who are just getting started we talked about sort of five different audiences in general. And even based on those audiences we talked about, there's more than that, of course. But of those five different audiences that we talked about, where would you recommend people just start? You know, if today they want to get a campaign or two up and running, where should they start? For sure. So I think that you want to get started with potentially two different audiences. And I'd say those audiences are going to be one warm and one cold. Depending on how big your audience is, for example, if you don't have a huge email list and it's not big enough to create a lookalike audience off of that, then a social engagement audience is almost always going to be big enough to create a lookalike audience off of. But I would almost say pick a you know an email or a customer list for your warm audiences or even site traffic. Pick one of those, whichever one you feel like you have a better sample size of the you know your your warm audience and then you know create a lookalike audience based on one of those audiences if you can only pick one i would still create the lookalike audience and go with that and you can always retarget people with a you know much lower budget once that gets going but that's where i typically almost always recommend people start yeah so basically choosing whatever the warmest audience source you can choose So email list, if you have one, customer list is even better, website traffic or social engagement, and then creating a lookalike based on that warm audience and just starting there. there. Yeah. As far as campaigns that people should start with, do you have any advice there? One thing that we always reiterate to our clients is how important lead generation is. So if you don't have an email list, using Facebook ads is one of the most effective ways to grow your email list. And I think it's just going to create more sustainable and consistent results in the long term. That's definitely something that you want to do. But what sort of campaign would you set up in order to do that? Yeah. Are you talking actual like Facebook campaign or just like overall like quote unquote funnel campaign? Oh yeah. Just Facebook, okay. just Facebook. We'll have to do another <laughs> podcast episode on like talking about an actual funnel and okay. you know, different things that you can do. Yeah. So if you're just getting started, I would say, you know, get started with a, you know, opt-in campaign that you're going to use a conversion based campaign or we're using the conversion objective for your Facebook campaign type, I guess it's called. And that's, pretty straightforward. When you create your campaign, it'll ask you, do you want it to be website traffic, leads, you know, or, or conversion? Now, it may be a little confusing because leads sound like a conversion event. You're trying to get someone to opt into your site, but that's just a different type of ad where they don't have to leave Facebook. And we don't need to get into that now. But if you're getting them to opt in on your website, you're going to use that website conversion objective. Awesome. Well, I think that's a good place to leave the conversation. Again, one of the questions that we got over Instagram was how we recommend going about creating Facebook audiences. So if you're out there listening, I hope that is helpful. Of course, there will be show notes where you can find a brief recap of all of this information. Feel free to check us out at till.agency as well. The show notes will, as they always are, be at davianchrista.com. And again, be on the lookout for a Till podcast. I am not shutting down Brands That Book, so this will be something that I help with in addition to a Brands That Book. So no worries there if you are a uh, listener. But Jesse, thanks again for coming on. Yeah, happy to be here. 
Thanks for tuning in to the Brands That Book Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review in iTunes. For show notes and other resources, head on over to DeviantCrista.com. 